As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Jack Smith's petition is really interesting to me for what it does and doesn't say, because it doesn't expressly make any reference to the election calendar, and yet it's all about that. Quote, the cases of such imperative public importance as to justify deviation from normal appellate practice and to require immediate determination in this court, or... If appellate review of the decision below were to proceed through the ordinary process in the Court of Appeals, the pace of review might not result in a final decision for many months, even if the decision arrives sooner. The timing of such a decision might prevent this court from hearing and deciding the case this term. What's he saying? Unless we get to it, Trump might be elected and he might self-pardon. So. Here's the question. And I was going back and forth with Ellie last night as he was helping me perfect today's poll question. Is Jack Smith now making this political? Should he be taking into account the election calendar? Or viewed more benignly, hey, he's a prosecutor doing his job. He's trying to ensure that a case he's worked up actually gets heard by a jury. Ellie Honig is the former Southern District of New York prosecutor, most recent book, Untouchable, How Powerful People Get Away With It, and he joins me now. Ellie, thank you so much for helping me uh, polish this poll question. How do you see it? So, Michael, happy to help you, first of all. I'm hoping for a 50-50 poll. I know that's always the goal. Um, True. But I will give you my, my view. So a couple things I think we, we need to take as starting points. Number one, Jack Smith and Judge Chuck in your UPenn law classmate, absolutely 100% are aware of and are taking into account the election date. They are not, you know, remember the old Saturday Night Live sketch, the, the unfrozen caveman lawyer? They are not, they pretend to be ignorant of this. Oh, I've not heard of your election. 100%, they know it's there, and they're trying to get this case tried before then. Number two, as you point out, Michael, Jack Smith and his team and Judge Chuckin, all of them have religiously avoided acknowledging or mentioning explicitly the election. Their papers and their rulings are filled with phrases like the one you just read, the interest of justice and the public need for a speedy, a timely resolution. But none of them will say what we all know they're thinking, which is we want to get this in before the election. Now, as to the poll question, I can understand and probably make the arguments both ways as to why Beck Smith should or should not, or why it's appropriate or not appropriate for him to be considering the election. On the one hand, he's a prosecutor. What business is it of his? Why should he be expediting things to make sure Donald Trump gets tried and, in Beck Smith's preference, convicted? He should not, before the election, 
he has an absolute interest and it's proper for him to try to get this case tried and, and he wants a conviction. But why should he care if it's before the election? If he's truly a non-political prosecutor. On the other hand, I do understand as a voter. I understand. I'd like to know before I go to the ballot and uh, the polls and pull the ballot either way. And prosecutors are allowed to take real world circumstances into account. For example, DOJ has a policy. Maybe this cuts both ways. They have a longstanding policy against taking overt law enforcement action, a search warrant or something like that, within 60 days of an election. And so DOJ is aware that elections exist and that sometimes there's a collision between the two. So I do see the nuances on this one both ways. I mean, there's no other reason to ask for the appellate court to be the subject of a leapfrog except the election. Yes, you're 100 percent right. And look, if this was on the normal course, okay, so... Jack Smith has won at the district court level. Judge Chuckin ruled in favor of Jack Smith. She rejected Donald Trump's immunity argument. In the normal course, Donald Trump would then appeal to the Court of Appeals in the D.C. Circuit. That takes months. I mean, your standard appeal with no expediting, minimum four months, six, eight months. Then if Trump lost that, he could ask for en banc review to use the, I don't know if it's Latin or French, but, you know, where you ask the entire circuit, to rehear the case, add on a few more months, and only then would the Supreme Court even consider whether they're going to take it. You are way past March 4th now. So I think, Jack Smith, if you are determined to get this case tried before the election, this is the absolutely right move and the necessary move. And, Michael, I do want to add one other thing. The very setting of this trial date for March 4th is extraordinarily unusual. Donald Trump will have been given around seven months from the time of his indictment until that trial date in March. That is very, very unusual. They cannot say anyone else would be forced to trial that quickly. I'll give you a couple of data points. Number one, the average, average run-of-the-mill federal fraud conspiracy case takes about two years where the defendant gets to prep for wow. trial. Wow, that's can stunning. At, you can look at, and, and get this, there are January 6th rioters, people on tape charged with relatively straightforward crimes, trespass, assault of a police officer, destruction of property, they were given two years to prep for trial. Yet Donald Trump, in a case that has 13 million pages worth of discovery, is given seven months or so. And DOJ wanted to try him two months earlier. They wanted a January date. So you cannot tell me, nobody can tell me that they are completely oblivious to and acting above and outside of awareness of the election. Ellie, am I right in saying that what the Supreme Court has said is we're going to give you a decision as to whether we should be deciding this. They've not committed that they will decide this. Exactly right. They're going to expedite. They're going to expedite their decision as to whether to expedite. Um, and, right. and I'll tell you, I'll make a per, per, yeah, I'll make a prediction here. I do think they are going to expedite this. And I do think they are going to take the case on what we call direct review, meaning Trump or, and Jack Smith, really Jack Smith, gets to skip that middle part, gets to skip the Court of Appeals, go right to the Supreme Court. And there's really some interesting history here. It is a very unusual but not never used device. Um, the, one of the most famous cases to use it was Richard Nixon when he got subpoenaed or there was a subpoena out for the Watergate tapes. That one skipped the middle level, went up on direct review. Bush versus Gore was direct review. Now, there's an interesting history, and I have to credit Steve Waddick, who I know is a mutual friend of ours and a Supreme Court historian. This direct review tactic was not used at all for a period of about 15 years 
never used 04 to 2019. But since 2019, in the last four years, it's actually been used 19 times, including, as one high-profile example, Joe Biden's student loan program. That one was given direct review. And so when you look at that, this case is, A, way more important than those other 19 cases, some of which we've never heard of, and B, the time pressure, I guess, if, if you're on this side, the time pressure is more extreme and more significant. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Ellie, uh, it'll be interesting to see if the court agrees that they'll take it. How far does Smith go on the issue that most interests me in terms of expressly saying, hey, we've got an election unfolding now. we got to hustle. I predict he will never say that. I mm-hmm. think he mm-hmm. understands that if he says that, All of a sudden, Donald Trump and Trump supporters will say, see, this is a how can you say this is not a political prosecutor? He's doing things with the election in mind. That is a word you will never hear Jack Smith or his team utter, which is the the election. And I believe the same is true of Judge Chuckin. I think for the exact same reasons, they don't want. okay. but but Ellie, you and I are you and I are agreeing. You and I are agreeing. It is clearly the election that is driving this bus. And, and he won't. They won't acknowledge it. However. Okay, but They're if there's nothing, imp- if there's nothing improper, why not acknowledge it? Why not say America faces a momentous decision and voters need to know? A hundred percent, because they're trying to have it both ways. I think they obviously are being. I, I, I agree with you. They are being driven by the election, but they won't acknowledge it because they don't want to be accused of it. And so there, there's this nicety, and you hear all the uh, every euphemism in the book for the elections coming, which is public interest, speedy resolution, this and that. And I, and I should say something else. You will hear from time to time people say, well, prosecutors have a right to a speedy trial. That's not true. <laughs> Let me tell you the way this works. 
The Constitution gives defendants a right to speedy trial. If they want it, they can waive it, not forever. The only right you have as a prosecutor is, this is not a constitutional right, Michael, but I've, I've been there for 14 years. You have the right to nag. You have the right to say to the judge at a certain point, Your Honor, come on, this is dragging. Right. Like, we've right. given them time. We need, we need a trial date. But you do not, there is no such thing as a constitutional prosecutor's right to a speedy trial. Will you say something about the I want to return to the politics in a moment, but will you say something about the the underlying issue where Trump is saying, hey, you know, I'm immune. Speak to that. Yeah, this is going to be a really tough call. So let me just sort of set some parameters here. Here's something we do know. There is such thing as civil immunity, meaning going back to 1982, the Supreme Court said in a Richard Nixon case, actually having nothing to do with Watergate, basically some federal employee got fired, he sues Richard Nixon, and the Supreme Court says, no, you can't sue him civilly because firing federal employees was part of his job when he was president. We have that. There's two things that we don't know that we will find out soon. One, is there such thing as criminal immunity? Can a former federal official or current federal official from the president on down be covered against indictment? And two, if so, was Donald Trump acting within the scope of his office? And I'll tell you the way it was explained to me when I started as a federal prosecutor at DOJ, which was potentially covered by civil immunity. I was told basically, look, if you get sued because of a case you brought or something you say in court, you're covered. That's within the job of the prosecutor. You're civilly immune. You can't be sued. But if you go out next weekend and you get in a bar fight, you're not covered. That's outside the job. So the big (laughs) question will be, if there is such thing as criminal liability, did Donald Trump's actions laid out in the indictment, his attempt to steal the election, did that fall within the scope of his job as president? Now, on the one hand, you go, of course not. I mean, trying to steal an election is the opposite of what a president might do. Um, Donald Trump's team has argued, their argument below is, well, he was engaged in his broad exercise of powers as president. The president does have some role in overseeing elections. Um, He was hearing from his advisors that there was concerns about fraud. He was trying to follow up on those. And, you know, immunity has been construed really broad. There's actually cases that Donald Trump's team cites where it says, when you're looking at immunity questions, the only question is, inside the job or outside the job, we, the courts, don't get into what's the motive. What he, was he doing something good or bad, wise or unwise, fair or unfair? We just look at, is it part of the job description or, or not? And, of course, the presidency has the broadest description of any federal job. Now, we've all been, I'll tell you here at CNN, Michael, there's been a lot of parlor games of, like, counting up the votes and the justices and how could this come out. I'll give you the consensus as it currently stands. I think everyone agrees. There is no way on earth that the three liberal justices, Sotomayor, right. Kagan, yep. and Jackson, go in right. favor of Trump. There's no way right. either of them is going to go, yeah, throw out the indictment. Right. Um, so you can put up three in Jack Smith's corner. I think it's likely that Justices Thomas and Alito side with Trump. There was a somewhat similar dispute a few years ago when Trump tried to say he can't be subpoenaed because he was president. This was related to the Manhattan case, and he lost that one seven to two. So getting subpoenaed is very different than getting indicted. But the two who were in his favor then were Thomas and Alito. So you got two in Trump's side, you got three on the other side, which leaves us with four. That leaves us with Gorsuch, who, if I had to guess, I'd probably put him more towards the Alito-Thomas camp. And then that leaves us with the middle, I guess, quote unquote, of three, which is Robert Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. And I just I, I, I'm not going to make a prediction on that one right now. One final uh, uh, question, then I want I'll wrap up with the politics. 
the impact of impeachment trial number two. What does Trump get yeah. to say to the Supreme Court on that? Hey, does he have a double jeopardy argument? This argument is utterly nonsensical to me. I don't I mean, as you can tell, I give the immunity argument some real credence. Right. But this one goes nowhere to me. I mean, it is not even apples and oranges. I mean, you're talking about, on the one hand, a congressional quasi trial. We all saw it versus an actual criminal trial. You're talking about not identical charges. This one has no chance. It's a, it's a bizarre foot. I would have left it out. I mean, just strategically, it, it, as any kind of lawyer, if you have one strong argument and one kind of weak fallback, just right. make a strong argument. The right. weak fallback right. doesn't help you. So um, finally, and this is what I'm going to pose to the audience, and thank you, Ellie. I know you've got to go and get on TV. Uh, <laughs> you and I are in agreement that this is full speed ahead from both Judge Chutkin and from Jack Smith because of the looming election even if they'll never say it. And I agree with you on that as well. The perception, if, if, if MAGA appreciates what's going on, this will fuel the belief that there's, a, there's an all-out effort to deny Trump supporters the ability to vote for him and put him back in office. The politics of this become really significant. Yeah, I mean, right, that there's going to be, I mean, this is exactly why Jack Smith will never say it on the record. Because imagine, imagine Jack Smith goes into court Supreme Court or, or district court and says, yeah, Judge, we really need to hurry this up because we have an election. Right. That will become a soundbite. I mean, there you go. And Donald Trump, it plays into every one of Donald Trump's claims of being victimized and political weaponization. They're try- the guy who's trying to convict me has acknowledged that he thinks it's important this be done before the election. And that is why Jack Smith will never utter those words, because he doesn't want to give Donald Trump that talking point because it would damage the credibility of DOJ to take it out to sort of a, a broader level. So, but, but look, I, I do understand the notion that, look, wouldn't you like to know before you go in and pull, pull the ballot? But I will say, you know, a lot of people say, well, Trump, you know, too bad. You don't get to drag your feet. We have to remember DOJ, Merrick Garland, took two and a half years to bring this case. And, and I, I'm sure it was on with you. I was critical of Merrick Garland. Absolutely. That totally. For, totally. For burning so much of the clock. Yeah. Yeah. But about Ellie, I got to say, I, I find I find prejudicial to Trump the idea that, as you point out, seven months from starting gun till trial date, if it happens, mm-hmm. where your run of the mill January 6th guy got two years. That's not right. Yeah. Well, listen, they need to think about this because that will be appealed. Every every defendant has a right to adequately prepare his defense. His lawyers, this happens sometimes. His lawyers may well get up shortly before trial and say, Judge, Given the amount of it is not physically possible to review 13 million pages of documents in the amount of time they've been given. This happens sometimes. They may stand up shortly before the trial date and say, Judge, it is our duty as officers of the court to report that we've been unable to meet our our duty of zealous advocacy. We've not been able to go through all of the discovery. We objected to this trial date before, and I'm putting on record right now, and they're trying to set the stage for an appeal based on ineffective assistance of counsel or denial of their due process rights. And I have to say, the justifications for this trial date do not cut muster for me. I'll give you two of them that were offered up. One is, well, DOJ gave Trump's team a list of hot docs. Prosecutors do this sometimes, meaning, okay, defendant, here's a million documents, but here's the 1,000 most important ones. Here, I think DOJ's list was 4,000 out of the 13 million. And the answer to that is that's nice. It's a nice courtesy by DOJ. But guess who gets to determine what docs are hot to the defense, the defendant? 
Right. The other explanation, which was completely bogus, is people said, commentators said, and I, I believe DOJ argued, well, he really has been on notice of this case since the January 6th hearings last, you know, a year and a half ago, the summer of, of 2022, mm-hmm. I guess it would have been. That's nonsense. We all know what an indictment is. An indictment is your formal notice. You can't just say, well, it was kicking around in the ether. You probably knew this was coming. That is not the way our system works. And I think the infirmity of those arguments is all sort of maybe a symptom or a cause, or I guess a symptom of the fact that what's really driving this is the election date, and they don't want to acknowledge it. Final question. Will they take oral argument on this? Of the Supreme Court, they have to, yes. Um, I think for two reasons. One, I think they may have some legitimate questions. This is going to be a tough call for some of these justices. This is really going to be, this will be like what, January? uh, January, February, yeah. And two is, I think just for the public legitimacy of it. They have to show we went through the whole process. I mean, Michael, again, I was kicking around with someone here yesterday. I said, when this decision comes down, this is going to be a half a tick below Bush v. Gore. But it's going to be a... Yes, Right? I, mean, I feel a, I way. feel this way. I feel this way. And I'm so happy to have had you here today to help me make the case, because I've been buzzing like that ever since this appeal, this petition was filed. And I don't know that people yet appreciate what you and I are saying. This is it. A hundred percent. And by the way, my book came out a year ago and I say this is going to be the battle in that book. So I, I will I will toot my own horn on that. But the, the consequences here. And by the way, if Trump wins. Bonnie Willis's case is toast as well, because even though it's a state case versus federal, it's still going to be the same principle of immunity. So the, right. co- the, the, yep. the consequences here are either two of these cases, the only cases having to do with Trump's attempt to steal the 2020 election, are out the door, or Trump goes to court and potentially to jail for them. That's the consequences here. Holy smokes. Ellie, excellent job. <laughs> excellent job. I really Thanks, appreciate you, and I appreciate your time and your analysis. Thank you, my friend. Great talking to you. I'll see you soon. Happy holidays. Okay, Ellie Honig has just laid it all out. If you're not psyched now as POTUS listeners, I don't know what else to say. And 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 look, you know, they can use whatever language they want. We all get why the need for Jack Smith to say to the Supreme Court, skip the appellate process. We got to come right to you now. How come? Well, because, quote, the case is of such imperative public importance as to justify deviation from normal appellate practice and to require immediate determination in this court. Said differently, because this guy might get elected. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Hey, gang, we are nerding out on all the information pertaining to Jack Smith asking the Supreme Court for expedited review. Jim, you're in San Francisco. Greetings. What did you most want to say? I wanted to say, Michael, uh, I love your show. I listen to it every morning, but it's a travesty what's going on. This is a, a... overtly political and knowing what we know about Jack Smith's relationship with Tunkton or whatever his name is, is, is uh, repulsive, obviously. I mean, what Jack Smith's history of, of getting his cases thrown out of the Supreme Court previously, didn't he, he's got a pretty checkered history there as well. Don't you know about? Yeah. Uh, John Edwards, uh, the uh, McDonald case, I think, is the hit he has to take as well. That's the, the former governor of, of Virginia. He's he definitely has a blemished record if blemishes are defined as being less than entirely successful. I mean, let me just think this out loud for a moment. I guess the pushback to you is to say, don't the voters have a right to know if the court system can answer the question? of whether one of the major presidential candidates is about to be an indicted felon before Election Day, then then shouldn't they try and uh, speed that process along? I think my answer would be, wait a minute, let it let it run its own course. And if Trump is a convicted felon, it's up to the before the election, then it's up to the party to decide, do they want to ditch him? I mean, there's there's a process, there's a procedure. This can be addressed. And if the party wants to keep him as the standard bearer, as a convicted felon, it's not your business. It's a private matter for the Republican Party. I don't think it's I don't think it's their job. I mean, I I think it's their job to provide justice in due course. I don't my gut, you know, one day after and I've been thinking about this for a while because it's been building but I don't think that there's some obligation or duty or job responsibility on the Supreme Court to, like, get us an answer. We got to get an answer. Is Trump a convicted felon? Let the process run its course. Otherwise, you are being political, in my view. Franklin, greetings in Denver, Colorado. You wanted to say what? Good morning. So I've heard it here before that impeachment is a political process. And uh, the only thing I see that brings the judicial system into it is the uh, chief justice presiding over the Senate during said processes. Um, so the argument to me that, oh, I've already been uh, tried and not convicted in the legislature, 
holds no water for me because it's a completely different branch and it's a political process and not a judicial one. So Ellie totally agrees with you so much so that he doesn't even think that the case that that argument should be brought because he thinks they have a good argument, not a great argument, but a colorable argument on immunity. And and I agree with him when I tried cases, if if I had if I had a variety of claims, I was not inclined to throw mud at the wall and see what would stick. But rather to be very targeted, very focuses and to say, like, this is the claim. Uh, Dan, you are in Cleveland, Ohio, thinking what today? Yes. Hi. Thanks, Mike. Hi. Um, I, I believe that all these a lot of questions dealing with this. I think need to be once and for all, one needs to decide whether the case or cases against Trump are unique, truly unique, or like any other person. I mean, a number of times we've heard them, people say, you know, if this was any other person, he'd be in jail by now. That's, you know, that's debate. I think in this case, a number of those who are saying, who are saying, you know, it's political to hurry up to because to decide for the election. I bet you a number of those are the same ones that are saying they'll bring the charges forward in the first place are political. It seems like they're arguing it both ways. So once you decide whether this is truly unique or not, and that all comparisons against any other thing don't matter, then that answers a lot of questions. So. I should have said this. And by the way, if you if you hear me tap, tap, tapping on my keyboard, it's it's because I want to preserve my thought process in this great conversation. What I should have I just typed myself a note. What I should have said to Ellie and what I will say, Dan, to you is this. If Donald Trump were not running right now, if he'd been indicted, all the other facts are the same. He behaved the way that he behaved, but he's not running. He's playing golf. Would Jack Smith have gone to the Supreme Court last night, yesterday? Hell no, is the answer to that. Okay, then by definition, doesn't that tell you it's because of the election calendar and that it is a, it is a political process? And I get it. Some of you are saying, well, yeah, it is political. Then go ahead and say it, Jack Smith. Just say, he's running, he's got 51% of the vote in Iowa, we got to stop this. Because the, the reading between the lines, I think, is just, to me... It lacks credibility. More phone calls, lightning round in just a moment. Admiral Stavridis, how's this for a lineup? Admiral Stavridis, on the day that Zelensky comes to Washington, hat in hand, and Liz Cheney in the third hour of the program. I got to tell her a story about the first time that I met her father. I had hair and a thinner waist. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.